0: And get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support.
1: Much love. Thank you. Can we honor our needs and honor somebody else's needs at the same time? Can we hold on to ourselves and source that internal security, internal authority without needing to orient around the external world? or control the external world for ourselves to feel safe.
0: And I think one thing that often people believe is that codependency is about one person doing the outsourcing of their safety and having the codependent behaviors, but there's someone in the dance with you who likely is feeling like they can't operate on their own they're the mess up they're the problem
1: and this is just shame right this is the shame that fuels the dynamic and keeps us both stuck yeah in in the codependent cycle in the codependent dance
0: hello and welcome to another episode of the mark groves podcast today is very special my wife (laughs) this is the first time you're on the podcast as my wife
1: that's correct right because yes (laughs) that's funny oh
0: my gosh that's (laughs) funny so kylie Uh, welcome back
1: thanks thanks for having me happy to be here
0: kai hasn't been on the podcast since right before we had jasper yeah yeah and then we got married actually shortly after that podcast at the base
1: right and actually on that podcast you're like you know something about like not needing to be married like um, something about like needing to make me an honest woman or something.
0: Oh, yeah. It's I made like, a fucking... joke about it. And then we made her an honest woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here we are.
0: Yeah, we like to joke about that. Yeah, we were in Sedona. I had a retreat there. And then we were like, we should get married in Sedona. We love Sedona. Mm-hmm. And so one of Kylie's good friends, one of my good friends, too, who uh, lives in Sedona. She's been on the podcast twice Anahata. Uh, we're like, hey, are you licensed to marry people in Arizona? Yeah, we called our best friends in Scottsdale. They drove because we needed two witnesses, and uh, we got married at the base of Thunder Mountain.
1: Yeah, and a medicine wheel, it was really, 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 really beautiful.
0: Yeah, and you know, people go to that area to go to this medicine wheel, but we had hijacked it. We were getting married in the middle of it, standing in the center of this medicine wheel. But you know how people love love, like, right? It's just true, people mm-hmm. do, and so. When you get to witness a ceremony, uh, especially with the blessing of like a pregnant woman, right? Like, I think that's also, um, it's either like a shotgun. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm a, like mm-hmm. it either looks like you're like a shameful Christian bride. Totally. You know, or uh, you're, you're, although just, we
1: weren't a medicine wheel. So, what do you mean? Like, shameful Christian bride. I'm not sure that that would stack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Wooden stack. We weren't in the right venue for that. Right. Exactly. Um, but people were walking by and they're kind of like wanting to go to the medicine wheel, but then seeing <laughs> we're getting married in the middle of it. And they just, we didn't invite anyone to the wedding except for random hikers. Apparently <laughs>
1: <laughs> our parents were stoked. <laughs>
0: yeah. We sent pictures to our parents after my mom and dad are like, what you just got married.
1: Yep. This
0: is how we do things over here so i'm excited to have you back on
1: excited to be here by wifey (laughs) do you think
0: it felt different to be a wife than to be a partner
1: you know it's funny like initially when you first started calling me that i think i felt it but now i'm like i don't feel anything like i'm like yeah of course like it just kind of rolls like it lands so yeah so good you know what i mean whereas before i was like oh yeah that's a thing that happened i think it because we got married like right before giving birth or right before jasper came into the world it kind of just felt like whoa that's a lot a lot of big shifts in a short amount of time so it just you know takes some integration time to land into the beauty of all the all the new roles <laughs>
0: yeah you know it's there's that quote that I love that I've shared I'm sure I've shared it on the podcast before but it's by Jordan Peterson save your opinions of Jordan Peterson but the quote is great which is uh, commitment only works when you do it Mm. and I really loved it because when I heard that it was Aubrey Marcus who shared it with me there was this recognition that like what are we actually truly committed to like truly committed that we don't create gray that there's not outs Because, you know, we sign contracts with ourselves and then we're like, we have our own legal team that has created a small print section that no one reads. But we're the ones who wrote it for ourselves. So it's been really interesting to play with what does that mean Mm. to be committed when there is, there is no other option. Now, granted, obviously, everyone has other options. Like you can cognitively understand that there are plenty of choices in the world. Yeah. And I take that away.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, to kind of elaborate on that piece here is like when you're in a liberated, (laughs) loving relationship, marriage, um, you know, really just becomes another step to explore sacred union. Right. Like there are reasons we did a marriage certificate, you know, outside of just wanting to get married, um, you know, but it was a deepening of that commitment on every single level and i felt like our souls were like yeah let's have a sacred union ceremony let's get really clear about what our commitment is what our vision is and what we're saying yes to yeah
0: like yeah.
1: like you said get rid of the gray and like go all in and i really believe that jasper our son was was calling that in too he was like yo you guys <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> no, just say I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta laugh too. Like there's a clip I've shared it with you. It's funny of Louis C.K. before he he's married in one part of the, of the clip and then he's divorced. Oh in yeah. The next yeah. One. It's a good one. Yeah. And in it he says, uh, you know, um getting married is, he talks about like relationships aren't hard till you get married, but really till you have kids. And he's saying because when when you get married, you're like, ah, I can't leave now. But when you have a kid, (laughs) you're like, I (laughs) could have left. Terrible. It is. It is. But the reason I bring that up is I conceptually didn't understand the Mm -hmm. commitment he was referencing in the humor. I found it funny. But I also was like, I didn't conceptually understand the like rooted nature of a child, like a Mm -hmm. shared child. Yeah, and what that means, and like what we want to teach him. Yeah,
1: um, that yeah. is union, right? Forever. Yeah.
0: it is. It is we the it created. is the alchemy <laughs> right. of the literal creation yeah. of union. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's been so beautiful to be able to play with commitment with you. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't mean like we're not like playing with what are we committed <laughs> to, open, closed, but like playing with what is possible for me what is possible for you what is possible for our community for jasper Mm -hmm. when there is the the as best we can always lived desire and intention to really always be in that state of like treating you as sacred treating Mm -hmm. me as sacred treating the connection we have as sacred that's um I'm sure if I have any ex-girlfriends listening, they're like, now you treated it all as sacred. Hey, great.
1: That's Thank great. Thank you for preparing him. Yeah. <laughs> if,
0: you, if you're listening and you'd like to come on and talk with me about it, we can. Um,
1: Look forward to that.
0: Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just so excited that we get to talk uh, together and share with you guys. Uh, you've been such a part of our journey. And if you've joined this podcast more recently, uh, there's a whole journey where Kylie and I were together for five years, yeah, about, and then we broke up. And there's some good podcasts on that. There, we broke up in around September of 2019. And so, if you go back, there are there's one podcast o- episode specifically called "Adulting is Hard," where it should have a censor warning just for the sobs that I have in it, <laughs> but I share. I shared a lot of my journey in our breakup out loud um, with Kai's consent and just what I was processing. And and we did a closing ceremony. And so that podcast episode is about our closing ceremony um, on how we closed the previous container of our relationship. And then, I mean, spoiler alert, we got back together. and And in that time, it was nine months that we were apart. We were not the intention was not to get back together that was not the thought Uh, but the work we did both in the relationship together 1.0 and then the pause we call it now the sacred pause which is the term that is aptly applied to the space when you get back together you get to call it a sacred pause (laughs) and then relationship 2.0
1: sacred pause aka do your damn work
0: <laughs> yeah yeah make
1: it sacred make the make the pain of the rupture of the breakup worth it you know
0: if we're navigating a breakup or still trying to let go of some feelings for an ex valentine's day can definitely bring up a lot of feelings in this episode you're hearing kylie and i talk about our sacred pause and what that was like for us And ultimately, what we did was reflect on our heartbreak with intention. When you do that, when you actually reflect on your breakup with such deep intention, you can shift your energy to a different state. You can create healing. You actually take charge of your healing. So if you're going through heartbreak right now, I want to share a powerful resource. My favorite meditation and breathwork app, Open, is currently offering a special heart and heartbreak series, especially for those of you who are having all the feels right now. This series of meditations and breathwork exercises include Embody Love, Unbreak My Heart, Attached, and Loneliness and Solitude. And they're all thoughtfully designed to help you navigate love, loss, and all the matters of the heart. So let yourself be supported by soothing words and guided breaths so you can mindfully navigate your feelings and be more present with yourself and your healing. Jump into this Heart and Heartbreak series and get 30 days free by visiting withopen.com slash create the love. Again, that's 30 days free by visiting withopen.com slash create the love. So often we get asked, how did you get back together? What was it like the space between? Did you have boundaries about contact? And, you know, all that's in, we have a new book coming out called Liberated Love. And all of that is in there. and. The question often is, when we get that question, the intention is, how do I get that person back? Mm. Which I understand. I'm, I don't want to like mow over the positive, beautiful desire to get back together with someone, especially in the real intensity of the longing. Um, however, I think that the idea, how do we get back together, is actually the wrong idea. Because the idea is... In some way, you're going, even the word back means you're going backwards. Mm. And I think when you're truly doing your work, healing, and really living intentionally through heartbreak, but even in dating, if you're so deeply ingrained in your intention, there will come a point where you actually won't care who is the person you meet in the future. You won't be concerned if it's your ex. Because the person they if it is your ex, they're meeting you moving forward they're meeting you on the path of your growth because they're on their path. and I think so often we get back together with people and we have to actually go back to who we were and we have to go back to old patterns um, and we have to turn down our volume again we have to get small again and I think we could feel that in our bodies and
1: Oh, I can attest certainly feel it in your body.
0: (laughs) Are you who are you referencing?
1: No, I'm just saying, like I (laughs) you know, you you know, when the old patterns show up, even you know, in a new dynamic, of course, there's layers that still need to be processed and healed through romantic relationship. You can't do it all solo.
0: Of course, Right?
1: So it's like those those feelings felt sensations of becoming small again or silencing will still present even in a new dynamic and that's the opportunity to name it to identify it to bring it forward out and open and and choose a different way right yeah
0: that commitment to fierce love that commitment to like i'm i will not be who i was in these previous iterations which the previous iterations are actually the learnings the school the education to actually learn how to show up differently
1: yeah and they're all so beautiful and wise.
0: They really are, if, you, if we if, let them be.
1: If we let them be. Yes. Yeah.
0: And that, I know, can cause a lot of reactivity, you know, when we sort of express like, hey, every relationship you've been in, every life circumstance you've had is teaching you. And the response often to that is, well, that's victim blaming or that's minimizing abuse. There is no, like, listen, you can be the victim of, of very extreme circumstances. but. We still have to do something with the material that happened. We can't change our past. We can't go. That would be great if we could, but we can't. And so in order to honor the experiences we've been through, the toughest ones especially, we have to integrate the lessons that are available. And there are lessons in those really tough things. And and I think it's uh, it's important that we hold compassion, but also this level of accountability and responsibility for just our own our own side of the street
1: right and i think you know there's an energetic around the or the difference between being a victim of something and still being in the victimized energy of like helpless and listen that's a very real state energetically and also emotionally somatically that we have to navigate as we as we come back into our own center as we re as we begin to access our anger or our boundaries of where we didn't have choice to say no, to say stop, to say enough, you know, because as early children, when we're experiencing abuse, whether it be emotional, physical, et cetera, sexual, it, we minimize what we need to in order to preserve our, our you know, to, to survive. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's a really tender journey and so really? I don't want to I don't yeah. want to minimize obviously that journey but it's also such a, a liberating one to be like okay yes that happened and i want to heal i want to move through i want to re- regain access to my my choice to my anger so that i can protect the little one inside and move forward and open my heart in new relational dynamics
0: mm-hmm.
1: right cuz that's what ultimately what the inner child but all of us really want we want to be seen we want to be heard we want to belong we want to know that we are safe to be all of who we are and you know unfortunately a lot of us um didn't receive the early environments that allowed us to stay open yeah to stay connected to ourselves and then to others and to the to the planet to everything to life and so yeah how sweet, it, how sweet and tender it is to actually return and to resensitize what we've yeah. had to desensitize. And there's a lot of work to be done in that, that arena for, for many of us. And, you know, I, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, hands up, that's me. You know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for doing your work. It's courageous work to say, you know what, I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose love again after being so open as a young, young taught. A young <laughs> you know, tot. a young little tot, a lum- young little chap um, to be like, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to choose love again. I'm ready to release the armor. I'm ready to step out of these dynamics that are keeping me, yes, protected, but also small, suppressed, lonely, anxious, etc.
0: Yeah, stepping in that integrated, embodied uh, self, adult in relationship for you guys listening or watching we wanted so here's our new book if you're listening i'm holding it up and it's beautiful <sighs> liberated love release codependent patterns and create the love you desire uh the book is available for pre-order which if you look at the show notes you can just click there or you can go to liberated-love.com i um wanted to share an excerpt of the ver- first part of the introduction And uh, then chat about it. a bit. We're trying to keep love alive using old world relationship skills for new world relationship demands. Cue the appropriate quote attributed to Albert Einstein. The definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. We're individually and collectively standing at a threshold where we must make a choice stay in our current relationships just the way they are or mature out of outdated survival patterns process old emotional debris, and step into a more meaningful, authentic, and life-nourishing path. For us, Mark and Kylie, two relationship experts who also happen to be very much in love with each other, we now know the possibility that love can offer when we're willing to actively choose our relationships and the lessons that emerge within them with curiosity, grace, and humility. Love, when entered into by willing adults committed to transforming themselves, can be the ultimate space of healing and growth. From that place, we are no longer existing in relationships that feel like we are imprisoned and have to stay forever to make them work, but rather we are both choosing to be in a relationship that liberates ourselves from previous patterns and habits that prevented us from creating the type of love, life, family, and partnership we have always desired. A relationship that centers each other's souls not fears that's a good that's a good one we call it liberated love and we're excited to walk you through how to cultivate it for yourself and with others i'm really proud of this book i gotta tell you every time i read it uh, i'm just reminded of of what we can
1: create together Mm. kind of make me emotional (laughs) good (laughs) i mean it's just such a right it's such a it's such an embodied journey, you know, like for us both. Like the work is on this page, on these pages, the the written word, but but we walked it, you know, we've walked many through it. And it's like every single time it's like, Whew, yeah, this is the work. This is the deep work to to peel back those layers, to choose love over and over and over and over, especially when it's hard, especially when we don't want to, especially when we want to hide, especially when we want to retreat into those. You know, coping strategies or survival strategies that that really feel comfortable and familiar. Right. You know, so it's like, ah, you know, it's it's such an exhale now. It's like, whew, we made it through that. <laughs> you know, it's a long journey, but we made it on the other side. I remember, like, many times in it, like, will this end? Will there be a moment where we're not in the dynamic? We're not in the dance. Like, is there a new way? And that's kind of like. What I didn't know in the relationship 1.0 that I know now is like my nervous system. I had no idea that there was a new way I know because I didn't know there was a new way. I was like, oh, well, this is just the way this is normal. This is familiar. This is how relationships are. And it's like, no, no, no. Like they don't have to stay that way. There is another path available to us. So what a gift it is to find one of those paths to walk it. And then to be able to share it you know
0: yeah i was speaking about this the book yesterday with someone and i was saying you know this book in essence is the book we needed you know as we navigated our rupture or the ending of relationship 1.0 uh, we were in search of of trying to figure out how do you end old patterns that i mean we're talking like we're re- relationship nerds like we're deep in the science of it the skill sets and we're like wow you know like this the this relationship must have to end now because like we've tried to do everything we could and it did need to and it was actually through that acceptance that surrendered to a, a an actual uh, path that was trying to make its way through us that we were both so resistant to Because we really loved each other and we loved each other. And sometimes we conflate loving someone with holding on to them, Mm -hmm. not allowing them to go, not allowing ourselves to go. And, you know, I just learned so much through that, that ability to trust a deeper path.
1: I often, you know, think about relationship 1.0 and it's like, it's like our initial meeting and what we were working through, like felt, like there's parts of me that's like, oh, that there were still young parts running the dynamic in the show, yeah, right? like younger yeah. parts. But it's like through our journey, the adult started to get so much stronger. You know, through yeah. relationship 1.0, the inner adult was like, okay, <laughs> we're gaining enough internal foundation, both of us, or enough internal security, internal worth that we can no longer stay um, hooked in from from this place from this original meeting place from this original energetic blueprint in which we initially met and it was like that initial energetic blueprint of you being the giver of you being the caretaker of me and my needs like and me being the taker or the the quote unquote broken one right because that was kind of our dynamic like i needed to be fixed you were my savior you gained validation and belonging and um,
0: you got to hold on to the identity that you couldn't make things work. Right. That
1: There was something wrong with me.
0: So there was this deep level of reverence for Kylie's, which you're going to read more about in the book, which this is all such the surface of like a very powerful, deep journey, which is, you know, that recognition that Kai's call to leave the relationship was actually wise. Mm. That, yeah. That it wasn't a problem that we needed to psychotherapize or whatever insert yeah. modality breath work right cold plunge your way out it was like
1: it was the somatic canary in the coal mine right
0: yeah which I love when and that's such a great
1: because it was it was like the body is like yo yeah. like something's something needs to shift it,
0: it was sensing these these codependent patterns yeah. that were deep 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 and and I would say. In Because this is the first book to come out on codependency since Melody Beattie's, I mean, very powerful, amazing book that is really correlated to relationship with addiction, Mm -hmm. to people with addictions. Um, And so this was like really identifying these very subtle ways that that our bodies are telling us that the healing is in the nervous system, not just changing your skill set. Right. But like you have to get to the root. And I was going to say that um, when you were saying, like, the adults kept getting stronger and stronger, I found, like, in hindsight, which I think is true of us today, is that we were playing leapfrog a bit in that, like, one would adult a little more and mm-hmm. then be like, hey, little kid in you, that that way of, of relating is not going to work here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so there was this loving, yeah,
1: invitation
0: well and i think because that this is this new way in that the frictions of your relationship are actually offering you this opportunity to heal things that l- likely didn't originate in your relationship although some of them may have yeah uh, but this opportunity to heal sometimes generations of things like i was think what a gift that is that that the relationship offers you the sacred path to do that, that that it is brought forward, whether that's to be with the person or not. It's that the pattern is brought forward. Mm. I think when we see that as sacred work, which is not minimizing the impact of whatever said pattern is, but saying like, wow, if we can really orient to it from a sacred place, then we're like, well, if I, a lot of people, the givers, the fixers, uh, treat their partner as sacred their partner is the most sacred thing in the world but they forget about themselves yeah so if choosing your partner is not simultaneous with choosing yourself then it's not a choice if treating your partner as sacred is not at the same moment treating yourself as sacred so everything has to be sacred
1: mm. yeah this like a reprioritization of of first and foremost, our own well-being. You know, our definition of codependency is in the book, is when you like codependency is when you source safety or security, or you know, even the deeper level regulation outside of yourself from someone or something, at the expense of your needs, your well-being, and your soul. Like in key words being at the expense of, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone's like, well. Like, I have needs and I need to get them met from other people. It's like, no, no, no. I'm not saying that your needs can't be met by other people, that you can't go resource. Of course, like, we need a village of people around us to support us and to, yeah, to lean on when we need to be leaning on somebody. But again, it's like, can we honor our needs and honor somebody else's needs at the same time? Can we hold on to ourselves? and source that insert internal security, internal authority, without needing to orient around the external world or control the external world for ourselves to feel safe, right? Yeah. And that's such a young imprint. Really, like yes. We learn that at such a young age, is like, okay, in order to be safe, I need to make sure I de-escalate this situ- situation with mom, I support dad so that he doesn't get unhappy, like whatever it is, or maybe control the sibling so that it doesn't set off, A caretaker or somebody and it's like ah that's exhausting over time right that initial imprint of having to leave your own center to manage the external environment to source a sense of safety yeah and it's like over time it's like while that worked when we were young it's like it's no longer working right now like we've we've reached that threshold
0: yeah where it's
1: like our nervous system is tired our soul is tired and it's like okay it's time to source safety in a new way you know And a lot of that, at least in my experience and working with clients, is coming back to your own center, coming back into your own body, working with your nervous system to increase your capacity to hold, to hold uh, frictions, to hold discomfort, relational discomfort, to hold anxiety, to hold activation, um, so that we can be with (laughs) all of that without having to leave ourselves. Right. So it's like, I can hold this so that I can, I can, I can hold it so I can stay here and be with you instead of needing to leave myself to be able to stay here, right?
0: Yeah, and I think so often, we share a lot of client stories, which names are changed obviously, but we share a lot of those in the book of these different experiences, these like subtle ways Mm -hmm. that these things happen and not so subtle sometimes. And I think one thing that often people believe is that codependency is about one person doing the outsourcing of their safety and uh, having the codependent behaviors, but there's someone in the dance with you who likely is feeling like they can't operate on their own. They're the mess up. They're the problem. They, you know, they might have addiction issues, uh, but they can just have this subtle thing of like, I just, I can't get it right. Mm-hmm and i need you to keep telling me that i can't get it right i need you these are like the very subtle ways
1: and this is just shame right yeah. this is the shame that fuels the dynamic and keeps us both stuck
0: yeah
1: in in the codependent cycle in the codependent dance and so i think what's beautiful about our definition but also the work we're doing in this book is we remove shame from the conversation right like this is not to be shamed this is not to nothing be, to be shame. to beat up. yourself up with right. it's like This was a very loving response that you learned at a very young age in order to cope and survive in your environment. And that's, that's beautiful. And that's wise. And it's time to shift it. It's time for, for intimacy to enter back into our lives in a new way, in an integrated way.
0: Yeah. And I, so this book is for whether you're single or in a relationship, because it's really about how do you. Heal the things that you need to heal. Learn your relationship, blueprint, the things you learned as kids. Um, and then, how do you create a relationship, whether you're in one right now or as you're exploring relationship, It actually fully honors the self.' You're like, you know, I, I think often about how we believe in games in relationship, or we talk about power dynamics in relationship, when we believe that someone becoming more powerful, somehow makes us less powerful. The power itself is a finite resource that needs to be negotiated and exploited or or made sure that we're not too powerless or whatever the term is. But your partner coming fully alive only makes you better. Your partner stepping fully into their dreams just makes everything better for you. You Stepping fully into yours is in service of the relationship. And I think we've witnessed, I certainly did this, you know, you like get out of a relationship and then you're like, I'm going to do a whole bunch of things I've always wanted to do. (laughs) And I remember when I first started looking at my relationship patterns, oh, so long ago and thinking like, that's so dumb. Like, why don't we just do what we want to do? like bring our dreams alive in the relationship, because I remember meetings someone when he was like, Oh, yeah, I finally went back to school. And I did a thing I went and traveled Europe. And I was like, how can you do that stuff with your partner or without but like, and I thought, like, this is such a strange template we've inherited, mm-hmm. like where you, oh, wait, you don't find your voice in your relationship, you lose your voice in your relationship. Oh, you don't get to establish self needs and wants. You actually eradicate those if you ever had them. And to me, that just was like such a mind fuck. But at the same time, I was also thinking like the, the other way, which is taking up space in a relationship and inviting, ideally inviting your partner to take up space because sometimes someone just takes up all the space. But where there's this mutual honoring of two souls.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, you know, I can just speak from... Uh, the female experience of this, yeah. like, in, there was a lot in the nervous system, like, the survival instructions encoded in my DNA, my relational DNA, if you will, was like, stay small, stay quiet, <laughs> stay <laughs> subservient, you know, like, all of the narratives we've heard, but not only just that we've heard, we've embodied for our own survival.
0: Yeah, so and continue to.
1: And conti- and for many of us, continue to, and it's like these invisible barriers that we don't even realize are there until there is a relational rupture, and it's like, whoo. Or maybe, you know, you sign up, read a book and you're like, oh, wow, there's all that invisible stuff that I didn't know was preventing me from taking up space, from being in my body, from being in joy, from being, um, from, from honoring my no. Like for me, relationship 1.0, like when it ruptured, I had so much rage. Because I like that I'd never tapped into. And that was thanks to the work I was doing, the somatic therapy work that I was doing. It's like, I was frozen. My voice was frozen. My no was frozen. My body was frozen. How can you be in a liberated, loving relationship if your whole being is frozen? Right. <laughs> you don't have access to anything.
0: And the next level of our relationship actually required you to have access to those things. Because even in the ending of our relationship, you had to access no. Yeah. Because Kai was like, you, you leave me like you, you leave me. And I was like, um, no, like you need to have this conversation. You need, we need to honor the wisdom that you have. Yeah. This needs to come from your lips.
1: Yeah. You're being, and it was, it was, it felt like I was breaking like an intergenerational pattern by being able to access that no, and to end something that I was and had been sourcing a lot of security and safety from.
0: Yeah, and, and and
1: that was choosing myself.
0: Yeah, and that I trust this thing coming through me, this guidance. I can still be loved in choosing this guidance, mm-hmm. and so we really embodied. Although we, on paper, understood intellectually that love can continue when relationship containers change, by embodying that, I'd say that that really laid the framework, the foundation. One, for us to enter a relationship anyways with someone potentially new and, and have that as a, a, a framework that we'd already done. Like we were now walking that.
1: Yeah. I didn't die.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. But
1: seriously, it's, it's that, it was that level yeah. of like, oh, I ended a relationship. I said no. I accessed my rage. I took up space. I didn't die.
0: Yeah. And like, I love them.
1: Right. It and I It didn't make them. sense
0: in my head. Right. I trust my soul. they trust my soul Mm -hmm. because for me a lot of that was like i had to trust my path which was this is what i want to create and if you can't do that i love you and i also had to trust your path which was you couldn't
1: right and that's still the beautiful gift of i think this new template is there's belonging even in rupture there's belonging even in that's
0: beautifully said you know we should put that in the book
1: I don't think it's in the book, but <laughs>
0: that specific line is not, but I don't but, think, but here you are. So But here you are, uh, edits, edits. Um, but the message of that is in there, mm-hmm. you know, it's such a beautiful thing to experience that you coming fully alive actually is coincides with you being fully loved by the people around you. And what that does is it expands the capacity of the nervous system, the deeper unconscious, to fully love oneself
1: right it models acceptance right. like self-acceptance of course but also acceptance in the wider because it's like we have a biological need to belong yeah like that that is for real like we need to we need to belong somewhere like we we want to be connected and so when truth gets in the way of connection or belonging that's why we've minimized it You know, that's why we've hid it away, stuffed it down, suppressed ourselves for so long. But when there's a new template or a new model where it's like, oh, actually, your truth, your intuition, your your fullness is welcome here, is celebrated, is loved. Like, and I have so much gratitude for our community that we cultivated in Relationship 1.0, because after that rupture, none of our friends went anywhere. Like, everybody stayed and loved us through it harder. Like, it was- Cried. It was the wildest. Like, it makes me emotional because I didn't experience that with previous ruptures. And I know you didn't. But, like, to have friends be like, you're not bad. You're not, you know, like, we're here. Like, we love you. And it's like, woo.
0: Yeah, like, not a single person (laughs) talking shit. Yeah. And, and, um, we would have had no tolerance for that anyways. You know, because there was so much love for one another.
1: Yeah, it was really powerful, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) I love you. It was uh, an honor to write this book with you, to prepare. We had a book
0: baby right before we had, we wrote a book baby before we had a baby, Um, which let me, let us tell you that is good preparation. Because uh, you have two different styles, two different minds, two different souls uh, merging in the same unity as a child, you know? That's why it was actually really great training, the training we didn't know we needed. Totally. Um, so, for you listening, watching, um, Kylie and I are going to be having more conversations on the podcast about all these different subjects and just dive in deeper into it, sharing what we've learned and uh, we'd be honored for you to get this book in your hands. It's available for pre-order. Again, the link is in the show notes or you can go to liberate-love.com or you can go to any of our websites, markroves.com, create the love.com, and uh, our Instagrams. Again, there's many places to find the link. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't wait for you to get it in your hands and really be part of this movement to create a new template. I already know you are listening to the podcast. Uh, It would be, yeah, we'd love for your eyes and souls to be able to go deeper on this journey with us.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for, for walking the path alongside with And looking forward to hearing your thoughts and what lands and, and yeah, just to jam with the world again on this conversation as we continue to raise the bar of, of our relationships in every single area of our life, whether that's professional, personal, um, familial, like it's time to raise the bar, embody the bar and hold the bar together so we can reawaken our hearts and come back to what matters most.
0: Amen. Love you all. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any future ones of this. Love you, babe.